0: Would y'all just do me a favor real quick and just stand up one more time? Everybody just stand. And and if you have the liberty, just raise your hands to the Lord. Just close your eyes. And I just want you to just think of something that you can just thank the Lord for tonight. Just thank the Lord for something tonight. Even if you have to just thank him for the crawfish that you just have. Just begin to thank him and praise him. Father, we just thank you so much, God, for all your great mercies and your love for us, God. Lord, you have bestowed so many blessings on us, and we just want to give you thanks and praise tonight, God. We thank you for this body of believers that we could come together in fellowship as sisters in Christ, to encourage each other and to lift each other up, to, to pray for one another, to cry with each other, to love each other. We thank you, God, for such a great body of sisters that you have given us in this church, God. And I thank you for them, God. And I pray a blessing upon them, God. We pray, God, that you would just bless our night tonight, God. I pray, Father, that you would just anoint your word tonight, God. Father, you you said that you sent your word to heal our diseases. And so, Father, I just, pray that as we just speak your word forth tonight, God, that lives will be changed, that hearts will be touched, that people will be, uh, supernaturally healed and delivered in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Amen. Well, with Cassie's word in the worship, I think I could probably just close in prayer because, um, I was actually going to speak on discouragement tonight. Um, let's see. So let me open my, you'll have to excuse me for just a minute. I just have to get settled. Okay. So I celebrated a milestone in my life this year. I turned 40 this year. Yeah, no, wonderful. And guess what I got? Shingles. Happy birthday to me. You know, I told Todd, if I knew 40 was going to be like this, I would have stayed 39. Well, as most of you know, I've been battling with the shingles. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with shingles, but shingles is a virus that attacks your nervous system. And pretty much wherever the shingles comes out on your body, um, it affects the nerves in that area. Mine came out here on my neck, and so it affected the nerves that go all um, down my arm all the way into my fingertips. And at one point it had even affected my entire left side. Um, it was very painful. For those of you who have had shingles, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but um, it, it also, for some reason, affected my muscle control. And um, so I've had limited use of my, my arm and um, little to no use of my fingers, um, sh- uh, shingles causes severe pain in the nerve endings, and since it's an infection of the nervous, nervous system, it, it takes a uh, a while to hear recovery can be long, and so I've pretty much been dealing with this for the last seven weeks now, and um, I've heard of people who have had it for longer than that, but um, I have to say it's it's been a very interesting experience for me, to put it mildly. Um, I think I've learned more things that I didn't like about myself than I did like about myself. And so in any way, but you know, I would have to say that for me, the hardest part of this experience, it hasn't been the constant pain. It hasn't been the itching or the sleepless nights nights or the frustration of not being able to function in a normal capacity. Although those things have been very difficult. I do not, you know, my family knows it's been very taxing on me and on them emotionally but i think the the most difficult part of this entire experience for me has been discouragement uh, i don't think that i have ever experienced discouragement to this degree in my life ever you know i consider myself blessed and god's blessing in hand upon my life and i think this is probably the most traumatizing experience i've ever ex- had to go through in my life and so um the discouragement has been um just incredible uh you know just the moments of wondering will this trial ever end um will my life ever return back to normal will i ever get some relief or will i suffer the residuals of this for the rest of my life you know um can can anybody relate to what i'm saying tonight and i'm not just talking about shingles i'm just, i'm talking about any sort of an ongoing trial in your life. It could be another kind of sickness, or it could be financial struggles, or maybe some relationship problems, or maybe even something that you've been, even a prayer request that maybe you've been believing God for, for a long time, and it hasn't yet happened. That in those, those times of a, of a long trial You know, there can be moments of discouragement in our lives. And and I think, you know, discouragement is no respecter of persons. And so we all go through, especially as women, we all go through times of discouragement. And so tonight, I just want to really quickly give you three tips that have helped me uh, break through those moments of discouragement, those times of discouragement. And there have been many of them in the last seven weeks, more so than in my entire life, I think. But I just want to give you three tips that have helped me. And, you know, I've discovered this is I call it an experience, but it's almost been an experiment because I found that uh, and I've discovered that whenever I do apply these things to my life and they're they're tips, but they're biblically uh they're scriptural, that the atmosphere around me changes whenever I don't apply them. The atmosphere around me changes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so. You know, but but whenever I have applied these things, um, I've noted I've noticed that the cloud of discouragement has lifted off of me. And and it's just um, it's it's helped me. And so I'm hoping that tonight by talking about discouragement that I might encourage you. Amen. And so the first tip that I've learned um, to uh, to to help me break through discouragement is to shut down the pity party. Shut down the pity party. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, self-pity will keep us in discouragement. You know, you can ask Todd. He's sitting back there. And when we're finished, y'all can line up and ask him everything I did wrong. He'll remember it. Olivia will remember it too. She will sit there and tell you, oh my gosh, if I could just tell you what my mama has put us through. I can tell you I'm confessing my sins to you tonight. And in that, I'm hoping that, you know, You won't make the same mistakes that I made. But self-pity will keep us in discouragement. You know, I tried the pity party route quite a few times, but, you know, it didn't work as planned. Have you ever, like... (laughs) You know, see y'all laughing, y'all know what I'm talking about. Have you ever, like, thrown a party... And you, you know, you had all this, you know, all this food, all these drinks, and you had all these great plans, and you invited all these people, but only like just maybe like a handful of people showed up, or only just a couple of people showed up. You know, whenever I was a kid, I think I was either there, my seventh or eighth birthday party. I know my mom's going to remember this, but uh, I wanted to have a birthday party invite my whole entire school class, and it was going to be this big old thing, and we're going to have cookie cake and ice cream and. It's just going to be this really fun day. I was turning seven. You know, it's just like you only turn seven once, you know, like live it up. And so I wanted to have this birthday party, invited all my school friends. Well, only two people showed up, my best friend and this little boy who lived in my neighborhood. And he couldn't even eat the cake because he was allergic to chocolate. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's a pretty sad birthday party, but that's kind of like how my pity party was. You know, I invited everybody. The whole church was invited, you know, and a few people showed up here and there, you know, it's kind of like those floating showers, you know, you just kind of, how you doing? Okay, goodbye. But you know, only a couple people showed up, you know, and that was Todd and Olivia. They had to come cause they lived with me. You know, they, they had to be there. And basically it just made, you know, we had no fun, you know, we had no fun. They were miserable. I was miserable. Pity parties don't work. So anyway, we need to shut down the pity parties. Uh, there's a, a man, his name is Tim, Tim Hansel, and he says this. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. We're going to all go through pain, but whether or not we're going to be miserable in our pain is, is optional. We don't have to live that way. We can decide how we will react to the pain that inevitably comes to us all. And so I just want to give you three things that can help you stay away from self-pity. Three things that can help you stay away, avoid that pity party. Okay? Number uh, A, take time to laugh. Take time to laugh. You know, doctors and physical fitness experts experts tell us that laughter is just plain good for our health. They 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 consider it internal jogging. Laughing 100 times a day can be as much as exercising for 10 minutes on a rowing machine. Think about that. If you don't feel like doing your exercises tomorrow, you know, watch 100 episodes of Funny's Home Videos and you're good. There was a real, this is a real notice on a grocery store bulletin, okay? It said, Lost dog. With three legs, blind in left eye, missing right ear, tail is broken, and recently neutered. Answers to the name of Lucky. <laughs> Olivia said, who would want a dog like that? I wouldn't want a dog like that. a few weeks into the shing, into my shingles experience, I had just, I had, you know, been about three weeks into it. We went out to eat for my birthday. I had just turned 40 and we did, we went eat ball crawfish and, um, it was fun. But, um, I was just kind of right into my shingles experience. And so my arm and my hand were in really bad shape. They, they pretty much just had a mind of their own. And, um, I couldn't, couldn't use my fingers at all. I Still kind of struggle with that. But, um, and, and also my left side was numb. And so, don't judge me for telling y'all this story, all right? I needed to go to the powder room. And so, um, but I couldn't unbutton my jeans by myself. Um, and so, anyway, I recruited Olivia as my assistant. And so, we went into the, the powder room and closed the door behind us and You know, trying to prep me for my, you know, powdering experience. I don't know what you want to call it. And so anyway, while we were trying to get me ready for the task at hand, we started giggling. Because, you know, it it was an emergency. And so we started giggling and I started going. And so... I decided that I was just going to hurry up and sit down and we would assess the damage later. <laughs> Y'all are not judging me, right? Okay. So, you know, I did what I had to do. And so after assessing the damage, we found, we discovered that I had um gotten my jeans halfway down. So the only damage there was to the top of my jeans and my belt. And so... No problem, I thought. You know, I'll just pull my shirt over my jeans and I'll be fine. It'll easily conceal that area. But to my unpleasant surprise, we found that my undergarments were still completely on. So we had to throw those away. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) I was thinking about this last night and I was thinking, you know, that night I probably would have been a good night to consider myself the commando in chief. Y'all, y'all get it later. So, but didn't that feel good to laugh just now? Didn't it feel good? Good. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine. It's good medicine. It brings health. And I think, you know, doctors, they don't realize they're quoting scripture when they say that that laughing is healthy for you. But uh, the Bible says that a cheerful heart is good medicine. You know, we have a choice between joy and misery. We do. We have a choice. And when we choose joy we choose the Lord. The Bible says in Nehemiah uh, chapter eight and verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is your, is your strength. So on those days, when you want to have those pity parties, the Bible says, when you choose joy, you choose the Lord. Job chapter eight and verse 21 says, he will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, watch a funny movie, read a humorous book, do something fun with your family, you know, um, go eat ball crawfish with your family. But just do something fun with your family. You know, we went fishing a, a couple weeks ago, and even though I basically all I could do is just sit in the boat, it was just nice to get out. It was just refreshing. And, you know, there, there's no guilt in that. Don't Don't feel guilty if you're going through a a trial in your life, you know, something heavy, and you just need to get away. Don't feel guilty about doing that because, you know, it's just going to help you to get through that situation. Amen? So do that. Take time to laugh. Uh, Another way that you can stay away from the pity party is to take time to give. Take time to give of yourself. I believe the Lord gave me this... um, revelation just actually day before yesterday, but I I believe that giving like a circle or a ring is a symbol of infinity. You know, you give to others and it goes up to the father. He sees that and those blessings come right back down to you. You see that symbol of infinity when you give to others, God sees that even in your need, even in your trial, even in in your pain. When you give it to others, it takes your focus off of yourself and it goes to God and it comes back to you. Luke chapter 6 and verse 37 says, "Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaking, shaken together, running over. They will pour into your lap. And the minute I saw that scripture, I thought of Knetra Adams, the little lady up here that was singing, she was belting it out. You're my healer. You know, she was one of the victims of the Karen Crow floods. And, um, you know, she had the entire, her neighborhood was just flooded. And so people all along her street were needing their houses, you know, gutted to... Uh, to get all that water and stuff out of their house. Well, Conetra and them did too. But Conetra, you know, they did a little bit of work in her house, but she was helping the other neighbors get the the stuff out of their houses too. You know, even in the midst of what she saw, her need, she was helping others. And I, I just, I mean, I wish I would have been able to go and help, but I physically couldn't do it. But just to sit back and watch God just bless that family and minister to that family. And I knew, I knew right away why he was doing that. Because they weren't sitting in their middle of their living room floor crying in self-pity. They were out there ministering to their neighborhood, ministering the love of God to their neighborhood. And as they did that, I believe God saw that and met them right where they were and met their need. Giving helps to take your mind off of your own problems for a minute. And it's going to help you to get through discouragement. Uh, Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So think about that. When you want to have a pity party, think about someone else in need that may be e- in even a deeper situation that you are in. If you even just send them a card or just do something to get your mind off of your own situation for just a hot minute, God's going to see that and God's going to honor that. Amen? Amen. And another way we can stay away from the pity party is to take time to praise. Take time to praise. Psalm 43 verse 5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. And when I was looking up the scripture, I noticed that David had actually said this very scripture a few times. You will find it in the Psalms. So apparently... He had to keep reminding himself, you know, because David went through a lot of stuff. If you, if you know the life of David and he just kept telling himself, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to, for I will yet praise him. My savior. He was speaking to himself. Why are you so downcast? Oh, soul, you raise up, rise up and worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Put your hope in God. And he just lifted up his praise and his worship to God. He knew, he knew where the deliverance lay. He knew where the uh, victory from discouragement and that pit lay was in in worshiping the Lord. You know, I have found that playing praise and worship music during the day while I'm cleaning or getting dressed or doing things that right now are challenging to me, you know, because because I'm limited in what I can do. You know, it helps me to get through those tasks with less frustration and less discouragement and brings joy to that moment. And so, even while I'm, you know, struggling to do those things, just having praise and worship music just helps me to get through those moments. Psalm, um, chap, uh, chapter 103, verses two through five says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your sins and heals your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And that's, that's, that's the word right there, to just have a renewed strength in your trial and your circumstance. And another way we can praise the Lord is, is with our thoughts, is with our thoughts. Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine says, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about, and the peace of God will be with you. Think about all those things you can praise God about, and the peace of God will be with you. So those times where you want to just sit and sulk? No, the Bible says think about what's pure and good and right. Those things you can praise God for. Praise God that my right hand still works, because I'm right-handed. Praise God that it didn't break out on my, fa- my face. I've heard of people losing their eyes because of shingles coming out on their face. Praise God that my, my family is healthy. That Olivia didn't get chicken pox from this. Thank God. Praise God that I have a church family that's praying for me. And praise God that I can still praise God. Amen? So think on those things when you're going, um, you know, through moments when discouragement wants to come on you it'll it'll snap you right out of it it'll just snap you right out of it another way that we can uh, break through discouragement that i have found that has helped me is to cry it out to cry it out now you're probably thinking tanya you just told us to stay away from the pity party and to laugh but just let me explain all right when i say cry it out i mean just to cry out your discouragement to god you know, self-pity focuses inward. Crying out focuses upward. Do you see what I'm saying? When you're sitting in the molly grubs and self-pity, it's all about me, me, me. But when you're crying out to God, it's, it's about taking those burdens, those heavy burdens that God has not intended you to carry and giving it to him. You know, we've um, it, it's important to take moments to laugh, but it's equally important to take moments to cry. We've had lots of moments where we laughed because of my condition, as I previously mentioned. But I can't begin to tell you how many times I've locked myself in my, in my bathroom and just cried to the Lord for help and grace and healing. Or how many times I wet my pillow at night going to sleep crying out for for God to just heal me and help me and just to be with me for His grace, for His mercy, just for His comfort in this situation to help me through it. Is it okay that I confess that to you? You know, over the years, there's been an argument of whether or not real men cry. And that crying, you know, is a sign of weakness for men. But, you know, I really believe that The same argument has become true of women today for women, not just men, but for women in the day of women's lib and women, you know, this is a women's world and, you know, we, you know, we are the rulers and, you know, women's strength, you know, it's become true today for a lot of women, you know, that they consider crying as a sign of weakness And, and I just personally just think it's just from years of bitterness from wounds and trials that have hardened them and caused them to build walls, build up walls to the love of God and to others and causing them to become self-reliant. I can do this on my own, you know, headstrong, closed off and angry, you know, bottling things inside. You know, I can do this on my own. That's going to keep us in discouragement. Ain't no way we're going to break through discouragement. Because you know what? We're acknowledging that we don't need anybody's help. We don't need your, I don't need her help and I don't need God's help. I can do this on my own. So how are we going to break through discouragement? We can't acknowledge that we need God. And I have personally experienced that when I don't cry out to the Lord, I start to lash out at others. And my family can testify to that. When I don't cry out to the Lord, I begin to lash out at others. Psalms 55 verse 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Psalm 107 verse 13 says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. That's been discouragement for me. My darkness and my gloom in this last seven, year, seven weeks have been moments of discouragement for me. Psalm 118 verse 5 says, In my anguish I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. In Psalm 37, 34, verse 17 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Amen. Ladies, Jesus wept. Jesus wept in those times when he was he was losing a dear friend Lazarus the Bible says that he wept for him so if Jesus can cry so can we and number three the third uh, way to just to help you to break through discouragement is to remember that you're not alone remember that you're not alone You know, sometimes discouragement comes because we feel lonely or we feel forgotten. You know, especially in a, in a, an ongoing trial, a trial that lasts for a long time. You know, in the beginning of a trial, you know, you can receive a lot of support, a lot of encouragement, but you know, as time goes by, people will move on with their lives, even though you're still in the midst of your trial. It's not uncommon and it's it's a very normal part of life. And so there's going to be times in your life that you're going to, in your trial, that you're going to have the support and you're going to have the people and you're going to have the encouragement and there's going to be times in your life where you feel alone. Even when you're in the midst of your family, you can feel alone because maybe you feel like they don't understand what you're going through and they don't understand your pain and so they can't relate and so you feel alone. But although we may feel like, feel like we're alone in our trials, we need to remind ourselves that we're not alone. Amen? you got to remind yourself that you're not alone. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2 says, But now the Lord who created you, O Israel, says, Don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flame will not consume you. And Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, just before Jesus took the journey to Calvary, He told the disciples... That after He would ascend into heaven, that the Holy Spirit would come and be with them until Jesus would return. And you know, today we have that same promise. We have the Holy Spirit available to us at all times. It's up to us whether or not we're going to tap into that vine, whether we're going to tap into that source. He's there for us 24-7. He's on on 24-hour call. It's, it's up to us whether or not we're going to tap into it. The cool thing about the Holy Spirit is that He also answers to the name of Comforter and Counselor and Helper. He answers to all of those. There might be some of you in here tonight who are experiencing some discouragement in your life. For some of you, it may even be to the point a feeling like you just can't go on another day. That if, if the Lord would take you home tonight, that you would just be, you would be fine. And there was a man in the Bible who, who wanted God to take him because of a woman was harassing him. Her name was Jezebel. But there may be some of you in here who feel that way. You've just, you've been through this trial, this ongoing trial It could be a relationship, it could be financial, it could be a sickness, it could be, you know, the loss of a a death, or it, it could be whatever it is. And you just feel like you cannot go another day. Can I encourage you that there is hope, that there's relief, and there's freedom from that discouragement? It's found at the foot of the cross. And I know you're all, you're probably all thinking, well, we know that, Tanya. And I know that. But why don't we ever tap into it? It's found at the foot of the cross. There's a song that we sing in church that says, at the foot of the cross, where grace and suffering meet. See, when we bring our sufferings to the foot of His sufferings, it's there that grace meets us. Amen? When we feel like no one understands our pain, remember His sufferings. When our sufferings meet His sufferings, that's where grace meets us. Amen? Could y'all just stand with me for a minute? If I could have Maria come. She's coming. could just close your eyes with me for a minute and I just want to just take a quick minute to minister to you and to pray for anyone here that might be going through some discouragement right now maybe you're the lady that I'm talk that whenever I mentioned about the pity party and you're like you know this is just not working for me anymore and you're just ready to give that up you're just ready to um to just release that to the Lord. I just want you to just take a moment right now with your eyes closed and just just ask the Lord to forgive you for feeling sorry for yourself. And ask Him to forgive you for just holding on to that thing. The very thing, reason that He suffered for us and went to the cross for and we're not letting it go. Or maybe you're that lady that has been bottling things up inside that you haven't cried because you've just been through trial after trial after trial after trial trial, and you've just been holding it in and you just feel like you're just a time bomb, you're just a ticking time bomb and you're about to explode. Well, the Lord wants you to know that it's okay to cry. And it's okay to release that to Him. Or you might be that lady that you just feel alone, that you're going through a trial right now, and you feel like everyone has just left you and forsaken you, and you're, just, you're here in your suffering all alone, and you just feel like there's no one there to help you walk through it. That they've moved on with their lives they their life goes on for them but for you you're still stuck and you just you just you just need someone to acknowledge that you're in your trial let me t- i'm just here to tell you tonight that the lord is acknowledging that he still sees you he still sees you in your pain he still sees you in your suffering and he's saying i'm here for you tonight i'm here for you tonight or you may be that lady in here tonight that you just feel like you're, you're ready for your life to be done. Like you are ready to just go be with the Lord. That you have had enough. And you're ready to give up on life because you're, you're so discouraged. I want to encourage you tonight that that is not God's will for your life. God's will for you is to live. And to have life more abundantly. And even in your trial. Even in your circumstance. We're, we all go through trials. And the, the Lord. Is with us through those trials. And he's there to build character in us. To build faith in us. To, to work those things. Like I said. I learned so many things about myself. That I did not like. And I think that was a good thing. Because I, I really believe. That I probably thought, thought I was better than I was. That I was all that, but I'm not, and a lot less. I need God. I need God to change my attitude. I need God to change my character. I need God to change my faith. There's a lot of things in me that He, He's gonna, He needs to do a lot of work on, and I need to do a lot of surrendering on. But if, if that's any of you in here tonight, and and you just want to just come to the altar, I just want to encourage you to just slip out of your pew and just come to the altar right now. And and I just want to agree with you and just to pray with you that you know it, discouragement is not permanent. It doesn't have to be permanent. That it's really our choice. The Bible says, "Be you be strong and courageous. You take up the courage. So it, it's our decision. It's our choice whether or not we're going to stay in discouragement or not. God has given us the tools. He's given us the the weapons. He's given us the the Holy Spirit and all the things that we need to break through that discouragement. But if that's you here tonight, I want to encourage you to just come to the altar right now. And we're just going to take a minute to pray with you. You may have come with a friend tonight. And this is your first church experience and and you didn't realize that you just thought you were coming to get some good ball crawfish, but you know, you've been living in discouragement and you can't break through because you don't know the one who has made the provisions for you to break through. I want to encourage you. If, if you brought a friend here tonight who does not know the Lord, I want to encourage you to, to bring them to the altar, to ask them if they want to come to the altar to, to, to know the one who is the deliverer of discouragement. Amen. They need to come and be introduced to the cross of Jesus Christ. Until you get that situated first, you won't be able to get, get through discouragement and be victorious. Because you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is there anybody else in here tonight that you've just been going through some times of discouragement? Maybe a sickness that you you just want us to pray with you and just agree that yes, in Jesus' name, you're healed. Now we're going to believe for the manifestations of those healings. Amen. That's what I've been believing for me for with these shingles that I am healed in Jesus' name. I'm just waiting for the manifestations, and they're coming. They're coming, and I and I'm going to uh, just believe God that that whatever he is allowing me to go through is going to be for his glory, his glory. You may have been feeling like you've been wallowing in self-pity. And so guess who's getting the glory you are, but you have just decided that tonight, you know what? I don't want to be in that self-pity whatever I'm going through. God, I want you to get the glory for it. You to get the glory for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who are at the altar, come up a little bit. Take a Get closer to the altar. There you go. Now lift your hands to the Lord. And I just want you to close your eyes right now. And I just want you to begin to praise the Lord. To just praise the Lord. If you need to praise the Lord, if you haven't praised Him, if you haven't uh, acknowledged the good the good that He's done in your life, I want you to begin to do that right now. If, you, if you're that lady that needs to cry, I want you to just begin to release that to the Lord, in tears to the Lord. Just cry out to the Lord. It's okay to say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help, God. I can't do this alone. I need your help, God. I need your help, Lord. If you're that lady that needs to surrender her life to Christ, I want you to just say, Lord, I need you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I cannot walk through this any longer on my own I need you God I need you Lord to help me thank you Jesus can we get some altar workers if, if some of our, our altar workers are here can we have y'all just come and just come and pray for a lady and just touch her and just come into agreement with her if you need healing let them know tell them what you're, what you're here for what's the thing that's been bringing you discouragement And just let them agree with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just pray right now that you would just release your anointing upon the ladies here at the altar, God. Father, that you would just touch their hearts now, God. That you would just minister to their lives, God. That, Father, that you would just uh, pour out your Holy Spirit as they call to you, as they cry to you, God, for help, God for help, for mercy, for grace in their situation, in their circumstance, in their trial. That, God, that you would just begin to touch them right now in Jesus' name. Meet them where they are, God. Meet them where they are, Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus.